This is SR1. All right, everybody, here we go. Today is Sunday, April 16th, 2023. My name is Rob Carter, and you are listening to SR1 on News Talk STL. I've got another great show for you. Again, packed with information per usual. There is no show in America that does more research and gives you more information than the one you are listening to right now. I try to stay out of the corporate bubble. To me, it's a vacuum of deceit. I want to inform you about the elite pedophile rings because most people can't wrap their brain around it. They can't believe it. They do not want to believe it. Because the people that organize the world, they have been able to put lines up in your head. And I want you to think about if this is you. Because the masters of the universe, global intelligence, they have learned that they can put up barriers in your mind that you won't cross. Whereas they have no barriers in their mind. When you start talking about pedophilia, it becomes so disturbing to the human mind that the vast majority of people won't go there. They don't believe that it exists. They cannot envision somebody uh, taking advantage of a four, five, six-year-old child. They just won't go there. They can't go there. They have put walls up in their mind. But what the Nazis realized is that through trauma, they, trauma as a child in particular, between the ages of one and six, one and eight is the way it's described. Through trauma, they can expand the mind and then program and deprogram the mind. They can do it through trauma, they can do it through drugs, and they can do it through sound. So whereas you can't think clearly enough to believe it could be happening to you and it could be happening to me. It could happen to anyone. When you hear these people that have been through it, when you hear them talk about it, when you recognize that this is a system that was put into place in the United States after World War II, it was Operation Paperclip. I'm going to run through the whole story. I want to tie it together with what we are seeing in the news today because we have the Jeffrey Epstein case now clearly in our minds and we've made determinations on what we saw there. You have a guy up in New Hampshire by the name of Mike Gill that's explaining a money laundering, human trafficking, banking coordination up in New Hampshire that is laundering nearly $100 billion. He's been trying to get the word out for a long time. He claims that he has been in contact or was in contact up until the 2020 election with Michael Flynn giving him all of the information, the people, the players, and the system. And you got to watch this guy. He's got a show called State of Corruption, New Hampshire. Gives you all of the details, shows you the text messages, the documentation, the entire story. And I'm going to play some clips from him just to get the show rolling. But when you hear what he has to say, and then you think back to a couple of shows, one where I went through the Arizona election debate, where Jacqueline Brager said that the Sinaloa drug cartel owned the system in Arizona. And when you think through that and you remember how the election went right here in the midterms with Katie Hobbs 
being the governor. She would not debate anyone. She was the secretary of state. She was surrounded by club members, and you know the club member schools that I'm talking about if you're a follower of the show. So right away you think something's going on here in Arizona. What is it? Because it was also contested in the 2020 elections and then in the midterms in 2022. Again, we have the same thing where they are stealing the election right before your very eyes, and this is not a Democrat or Republican thing because the Republicans get to steal their elections as well. The Democrats get to steal theirs. Because the people running the show, they're not party affiliated. It's a network of, it's a mafia. It's nothing more complex than a mafia. And mafias can intimidate you, they can compromise you, they can buy you. There's many different ways to entrap you in a mafia. And once you're in the mafia, you don't leave the mafia without trouble. And the people that get into it get all the benefits of the mafia. So they don't leave. Most think this is just a one, uh, we get one life here on earth. If I'm in the club, I'm going to stay in the club. I get all the wealth. I get the admiration. I get whatever I need out of it. So I'm not going to rock the boat. What happened is that several people, and it all started with the Franklin cover-up. That is when the information about how our system runs internally, surrounded by sex, money laundering, drug flow, you name it, we began to understand that the system is much more corrupt than we had ever guessed. And I think most people, if they're being honest with themselves, now realize that the government is a mess, that they are just puppets. If you believe that Joe Biden is calling the shots for the American people, good luck to you. I'd like to live and I'd like to be taking whatever medications you're on if you believe that Joe Biden, who can barely walk, can't speak, there are videos, one to a hundred, of him sticking his nose in the head of small children. You see him groping children on camera when he was the VP because every time a congressperson or a senator, particularly senators, I guess, when they would win their election, they had picture day with their family with the VP, because he's the president of the Senate. So when Joe Biden was the VP, he would bring in the families and take pictures with them, and there's multiple, seven, eight, nine, ten different videos where he is handling young children in a way that I certainly think is inappropriate. Uh, I looked at it, and I told one of my friends, I said, listen, if I saw somebody doing this to my daughter or my son, uh, it would be on like Donkey Kong, I would not allow it in my presence. But these senators watched it happen right before them where he's grabbing them around their waist, touching their breasts, um, making them very uncomfortable. Because you would have to guess that Joe Biden is a part of the system I'm talking about. So we are going to get into today the mafia tactics of this government and now mafia tactics that have joined the world and where they may take it. I think we are heading toward fascism, like Nazi Germany, and that shouldn't necessarily scare everybody in the upper middle class. The reason Nazi Germany worked is when they were doing all of the things that they were doing, the atrocities, uh, the uh, expansion of their war effort, the experimentation on political prisoners, the enslavement 
of the Jewish people. They were selling a different story to the population. And the population didn't necessarily see it. And when they did see it, they just didn't believe it. It was too, there's no way that could be happening here. They have taken that ideology, that technology, and they have brought it to the United States, and we have sold it all over the world. We're going to bring you uh, information about a guy by the name of Michael Aquino. Michael Aquino was in the NSA. He was a Satanist. He was on talk shows back in the 80s and early 90s, Geraldo and Oprah, and I have some of those clips for you. But this is a very, very bright person who took his thought process on how to organize the masses from Nazi Germany. He talks about Heinrich Himmler. He talks about the way Nazi ideology worked. He wrote a paper called Mind War that we're going to explore just a little bit today. But once you understand all of these things, it gives you a, a more complete understanding of the world that you live in, should you be so inclined to understand it. So keep all of those things in mind. Here's what we're going to go through today in detail. We talked last week about the Franklin cover-up. So we're going to bring that back into the equation. That leads into the Epstein case. Both were elite pedophile rings to very powerful people. People say to me all the time, they say, Rob, are you telling me that the government and the CIA are one and the same and they are controlling actions around the world? And I say, yeah, to a degree. The way you'd have to understand it is the shadow government, the global intelligence apparatus, has people outside the government and inside the government. It's not just a government deal. It's an organization that has puppets within the government that do their bidding. They have people in the entertainment world. They have people in the medical world. They have people everywhere, and they get into the club through all kinds of different methods. But once you are in this global intelligence network, you're golden. The only thing that will get you into trouble is telling on them or bringing documentation that would interrupt the process. I know that sounds hard to believe, hard for me to believe. I actually didn't believe it. I told the story last week. When this all began with the Jeffrey Epstein case, friends of mine who are, they like to study and they like to understand what's going on in the world. They said, Rob, you got to talk about the pedophile rings. You got to talk about Kathy O'Brien. You have to talk about um, Paul Bonassi. You have to talk about these things. It's very important. This is the root of what's going on in the country. And I didn't believe it. I just didn't want to believe that that was even possible. I thought that Jeffrey Epstein might have had a, um, an interest in young girls, but I, I, it was hard for me to believe that he was trafficking them to political leaders, um, Hollywood elites, and so forth. But as you watch this thing unfold, as you watch the people involved and you get all of the information gathered in your head and you start to make sense of it, what you'll see is a, a case that is almost undeniable that this really is going on. And it all started with the Franklin cover-up. So we'll start there. I want to talk about a few uh, people involved with that case that went on to say, once they realized that Paul Benassi was telling a true story about the Franklin cover-up, this guy by the name of Ted Gunderson starts to investigate many, many different uh, pedophile rings, 
murders that were sold to us. Uh, the Fatal Vision is the big one. That's the story of Jeffrey McDonald. If you know that story, the movie was Fatal Vision. I want to do this in chronological order or in a systematic order so that you can kind of follow what I'm saying because right now you're confused. I'm going to add clarity as we move forward. But you've got the Franklin cover-up. You've got Epstein. You've got Kathy O'Brien. You have um, you have the story in the U.K. with Jimmy Saville. You have all of this information over the course of maybe 30, 35, 40 years. And what makes it credible is that you can go back and listen to these people that were involved in these pedophile rings, tell their stories about who was involved 30, 35 years ago, and now, with that in the rearview mirror, you can see what has happened subsequent to that and the people that were involved and how the system works. It all starts to make more and more sense if you really dedicate the time and pay attention to it. So let me start uh, with the idea that the world runs like a mafia. I'm going to start with a guy by the name of Mike Gill. He has a show, like I said before, it is called State of Corruption, New Hampshire. This guy has put out all of the documentation, uh, shows you text messages, shows you everything that you think you would need to know about the inner workings of a money laundering scheme in New Hampshire. He says that he took this information because he knew the government was corrupt, not only in New Hampshire, but federally. FBI involved. uh, Everybody, every three-letter agency that you can think of was involved. So he thinks he's going to get the information to General Mike Flynn, the confidant of Donald J. Trump. And he tells the entire story about how he is feeding information to General Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn is asking him for information. They have this uh, dialogue going back and forth on text message. And then on January 6th, the grand insurrection led by a guy dressed up as a Viking. When that took place, General Flynn disappeared. And what's interesting about it is Mike Gill was promised by Michael Flynn that Donald Trump, along with Sidney Powell and some others that he mentions, were going to release the information. You'll hear clips from him later on. We're going to do segment two. We're going to get to Mike Gill. We're going to start there. We're going to get into the pedophile rings, the Satanism, all of these MK Ultra mind control, things that you would normally not believe for one second. There's just no way your mind would go there. I'm saying for one show, if you're a first-time listener, if you're a long-time listener, you know that I don't come to you with information that I can't verify. I'm going to give you the information that is out there, and you can make whatever decision you want. I have made this decision that this stuff is really happening, and it it's just it's disturbing because if it is happening, and I think there's enough information out there, there's enough testimony, books written, where multiple people from multiple different areas are all talking the same story. That's why Ted Gunderson, who's the FBI guy that's in the middle of all these different stories, Ted Gunderson ran the FBI out of L.A. He gets involved with the story because of Jeffrey McDonald, and then he moves on to the Paul Bonassi case. Then he moves into the case of Kathy O'Brien, and he realizes that's a very complex system, but all of the people involved are telling the same story. We are going to get to that story. Segment two, stick around. Again, as I say, if you buy into this, if you just give me a chance to explain it to you, it will blow your mind. We'll be right back. SR1 Sundays, The Rob Carter Show. 
You look like an angel. All right, everybody, welcome back. Open up your mind. We have some very heavy material to discuss. Because when you're talking about the system that we live in, the infiltration of Satanism, the money laundering schemes, the drug trafficking, the pedophilia rings, most people just can't get there. I'm going to ask you to open up your mind, take down the walls within your head, and think about what is possible. Because the stories that I'm going to tell, I have researched over and over again. I have listened to hours upon hours and hours and hours of testimony. I've read it. I've listened to it so many times, I can almost recite some of the things that these people are saying. And they are all on the same page with what's going down. And then what you learn about Michael Aquino. And if you haven't heard of Michael Aquino, you have to ask yourself, why not? Here's a guy that is an avowed Satanist. He went on Oprah and he went on the Geraldo show back in the late eighties and early nineties. Um, he wrote mind war. When you understand what mind war is all about, it will change your perception of, the network news, about just the reality that you believe in general. I'll get to that in just a bit. I'm going to start with Mike Gill because we want to further the premise that the entire system within the states and federally and around the world, it is a mafia. It runs like a mafia because it is a mafia. I'm going to let this guy, Mike Gill, now he uh, has a show on YouTube or did. It was called State of Corruption, New Hampshire. He is going to explain how he figured out what was going on in New Hampshire. It is exactly the same thing that was going on in Arizona. Remember the show where we talked about Jacqueline Brager in Arizona, where she went before the election committee and said the Sinaloa drug cartel has bought the judges, the politicians, the police force, everything. They run Arizona, and in in particular, Maricopa County. Maricopa County is where the 2020 elections were, uh, I don't want to say stolen, but certainly manipulated. And then in 2022, we had the same thing happen again. So this Jacqueline Brager goes before the election committee and explains how the system works. It's the same exact thing Mike Gill is saying in New Hampshire. Check this out. Uh, This guy's name is Mike Gill. Again, clip number four, one, ready, go. That's really been, was my first domino. Over 400 victims came to me and said they were losing their life savings. They were predominantly the elderly. And when I looked at it and I sat with them in groups, I came to realize that it was Bill Shaheen's Ponzi scheme directly connected with the banking commissioner, Peter Hildreth in New Hampshire. You're going to hear me name names. Nice. Which is exactly what I'm asking President Trump to do. Mm. So in this Ponzi scheme, Bill Shaheen was the co-chair of Hillary Clinton when he ran for president. Bill Shaheen is married to Senator Gene Shaheen and controls Senator Hassan. Now, both of those senators were VP candidates for Biden. So those things are important because Bill Shaheen is the architect of this money laundering network. I'm going to let that continue on because it has a few more seconds left. But what he's talking about is a network within New Hampshire, 
tied to the federal government running a money laundering scheme. They run these money laundering schemes through sex trafficking, human trafficking, um, sending money overseas, which he gets into the uh, Pandora Papers here in just a minute, which was foreign journalists watching American money come into their system, tracking that money, and then doing a report about how the money laundering operation was going down. It wasn't American journalists. These were foreign journalists who put it all together, called the Pandora Papers. Our government is right out before us. They don't care if you know. They just know that you can't prove it, and you're going to have to go about your day bread and circus. If you can eat and you can watch television and be entertained, they get away with murder. Literally, they get away with murder. That is what the Nazis understood. They brought it here with Operation Paperclip, and we're doing the exact same thing. We are sitting on our hands with atrocities going on in our name, not just here in America, but all over the world. Continue on. Mike Gill, go. Protection Network what I would call the American cartels. And, and that's important distinction. And I, I'll go into it more, but that is an important distinction. So now Bill Shaheen also happened to been my lawyer. Listen, when you make, when you become this successful, these people find you. It's like the mafia. They sell you insurance, meaning they'll break your window and or you pay them not to break your window. Now, this guy, Mike Gill, he explains that uh, mafia tactic, if you will. Once you have a certain amount of money, he says he was worth three or four hundred million dollars. He says once you get that kind of wealth, these people find you and they offer you protection if you keep your pie hole shut. They won't break your window if you stay in compliance with their wishes. Uh, here he talks about the Pandora Papers. Again, the Pandora Papers... These were foreign journalists. When American money was coming into their system, they tracked it. And then they put it together so that you could see the money laundering scheme. So this is the Pandora Papers, and it names all of the people involved. But again, just like Michael Aquino, you've never heard anything about it. Why is that? Uh, here he is. Again, we're going to play three or four clips from Michael to give you a taste. And then we're going to get into MKUltra, the mind control technologies, the elite pedophile rings, and all of the information that our press kept from you. Because once you understand what is really going on in the world or what is being said, you can weigh it and make decisions. You don't have to believe any of it. I believe it. And I'm the most skeptical skeptical person in the world. But there's a time when the information is so overwhelming, you can't deny it anymore. I wanted to deny it. I waited, what are we, uh, almost three years to do this. And I really started collecting information about two years ago. You know, I had some information in my head for the first year. So this is really three years of going at it, but two years of clipping and saving and filing and retaining information. And I think the case is, I think the case can be made that uh, the people running our government are some really bad, bad people, really bad people. Uh, Mike Gill, Pandora Papers, clip number four or five, ready, go. The people of this country, you call out to Congress and say, listen, we want to know the names of the Pandora Papers. We shouldn't have another election where we don't know if we're putting in office people who have stole billions. Hmm. 
We don't know if and and these in these drug cartel money and human traffickers. That's the outline. And every day that goes by, they're moving assets. They're covering up. That's what President Trump. He threw a shot over their heads. He didn't. He didn't make the claims of an intelligence agencies and the Treasury Inspector General and cartels not knowing what he was saying. Of course he knows. And I would ask President Trump, drop the bomb. I mean, this isn't about an election. We can't wait two years. Now, this guy claims that he had communication with Trump through Michael Flynn. Text messages going back and forth, which leads you to, I'm not going to spoil it for you because he makes mention of that later on, but he has connections with the top because he has the information. He, uh, when you see this guy's presentation and the way he throws things off the top of his head and he can answer any question and he wants to answer the questions. So he goes before radio talk show hosts. He'll go before anyone and answer any question that you have. Not like our politicians. Right, Our politicians have to have scripted news. They have to have trusted reporters before they'll talk to them. That's why you see Donald Trump on Fox News all the time. There's so many different data points to figure out that Donald Trump is a part of this entire scheme that it becomes, you know, when you tell people that, they just can't believe it. They are 100% in the corner of Donald Trump. And what I would tell you is, if you are waiting for Donald Trump to save you from losing your freedoms, because that's the thing that you have to worry about, is you're going to lose these freedoms that you believe that you have. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, they're going to strip them away until you really don't have them. What they want to do is give you the illusion of freedom as they move this system forward. That's the game. That's the goal. Continue on. The people of this country, you call... They're going to be able to shut off all of you from your money. They're going to have 87,000 armed IRS agents taking your home. That's control. They own your courts. You don't go to the, we don't keep pounding on the same door that they own. Now, when he says that, I have made this argument over and over and over again. You know what people believe is they going to get they're going to get justice within the system. And if you're a Donald Trump supporter, and that's the people I really want to convince because I really think that Donald Trump supporters realize the system is broken and they are hell bent on fixing it. Now, do I think they are completely off base with uh, their uh, support of Donald uh, support of Donald Trump? Yes, I think they're way off base. Uh, but I get why they're there. If you can understand that Donald Trump is not the answer, then maybe you'll look around and go, this is not going to be solved through the political system. This is not going to be solved through the courts. Because if you're a Donald Trump supporter, did you get any relief from the courts in the 2020 elections? How many indictments does he have and Hillary have and all of these people have these indictments and there's going to be justice here, there's going to be justice there, we're going to find out about Epstein, we're going to find out about this. These are all promises that never come to fruition. That should open up your eyes. Continue on. We're outside the box. That's what I'm explaining to you. Have President Trump turn around and out these people by name. And again, people, this isn't isn't politics. 
please, let's all be free-thinking Americans this one time. They purposely divided you. The media divided. You think CNN and Fox aren't both corrupt? They're paid actors. Division is this game. And race and religion, they divide us again. Again, actors. So if we can't get behind this, ready? The evil of drug cartels. The fact that they're destroying a generation with fentanyl. Now, when he says they're destroying a generation of fentanyl, does everybody remember my conversation with Mike Brown, DEA? He explained the entire drug trafficking organization and how it all worked. When you have a drug cartel, first of all, well, again, I don't want to spoil everything that he has to say. But if you just think of the illegal drug cartels, they are setting up shop all over our country because the borders are open. And they are using fentanyl to get kids addicted. If they kill 1% or a half a percent or one-tenth of 1%, but they can get millions addicted to fentanyl, what's going to happen to our country? What's going to happen to this generation? Because they are trying to get non-drug users addicted to fentanyl. Non-drug users. Not the kids that are out on the street looking for heroin and looking for drugs and living a dangerous life. We are talking about kids that... Uh, smoke marijuana where it's legal. They pick it up on the street from one of their buddies and it's laced with fentanyl. And all of a sudden they want that over and over again and they're completely addicted. They are going after everybody, these drug cartels. It's crazy and people have got to be aware of it. Continue on with this clip. You know what's coming across our borders? Less fentanyl than you think. It's being manufactured in this country by American cartels. But what is coming across this country is human trafficking and a network of, of Mexican cartels that are infiltrating our cities, Los Angeles, Chicago, Baltimore, Chicago. Uh, think about this. They're not going to tell you the truth, but we're crime ridden. We're crime ridden because we're drug addled. He's got it right on it. He reiterates in a completely different conversation what Mike Brown said. We are a country that is becoming more and more addicted to both legal and illegal drugs. He makes the comment, the American drug cartels, because the the American drug cartels, we do it legal. We do it legal. We put Oxycontin, we put it out there for kids to take for the better part of 10 years, one of the most addictive drugs ever put on the market, and it was approved by the FDA and the CDC, and Purdue Pharma paid a fine as just part of their business model. And they are paying the fine to people that are in bed with them. It's a system. See, uh, Walgreens and all of these pharmacies in bed with the FDA, the CDC, and the illegal drug cartels. They do all of the, uh, the chemistry to find these addictive drugs. And then we get it through the FDA and the CDC, and we put it out there for everyone to take. They have used your psychology against you. They say, listen, if you get it through prescription because your back hurts, everything's going to be fine. If you buy it on the street, it's bad. They get you coming and going. We'll be right back. SR1 Sundays, The Rob Carter Show.
All right, everybody, here we go. Back for segment three, we're going to finish the conversation with Mike Gill. He's on the same page with me about how we get out of the box. If society wasn't so conditioned and mind-controlled, we'd recognize that the people hold all of the power. But you don't feel like that. You feel helpless. Oh, Rob, what can I do? What can I do? Well, there's a long history of what you do, but first you got to understand what's happening. You can't fight an enemy. That's why Trump and all of these people want to point to China and they want to point to Russia. They want to point here. They want to point there. Donald Trump recently said in an interview, it is the deep state. We all know that. I mean, half the country understands that the problems that we are facing are internal. But what is keeping Donald Trump from naming names? You heard that last clip where Michael Gill goes, name names. I'm going to name names. Name names. I can name the names. I've listed them over and over again. People in power that are involved in this club and how you can recognize them by what they say, where they went to school, what associations they are a part of. You know who these people are. You know what's going on. Not just in the U.S., but globally. But Donald Trump never does that. Why? Is our society so brain dead that we can't have a real conversation about the future of our country? Is that where we're at? Because if it is, then I guess we get what we get. Let's get back to Mike Gill. Uh, This is clip number four, six. Listen to what he has to say. This is about buying our country because it has been bought off if you haven't recognized it. Here is Mike Gill. Clip number four, six. Ready? Go. They buy these politicians. Those, they buy public officials. They buy law enforcement. That's where we are in this country. That's why, President Trump, we can't wait two years. Are we going to trust another election? Imagine, again, another loss. You don't think, I mean, you don't think they would cheat in an election? Of course. They, never, they generally don't give you an honest candidate. The cartel, you think these people care if you're a Republican or Democrat? There's we are, and this is the important. We are in a war, which is why the FBI infiltrated Facebook and Twitter. I mean, what's the first thing in war do but cut communications? The ability for us to organize, to speak with one another. That's what they were afraid of. And you see it. You don't need Mike Gill to tell you that. It's just that you go right past it. Once you recognize that it happened, I covered it on this show. When Matt Taibbi went before Congress and explained how, looking through the Twitter files, he saw the FBI and intelligence agencies discussing who could get information out, who needed to be blocked on Twitter, that should have blown you out of the water. You should have went, wait a minute. You mean to tell me on a private business, Twitter, The FBI is telling Twitter what they can and can't talk about, what is real information and what is fake. What is that? How can that possibly be? And you know what's going to happen? Nothing. That's because nothing ever happens. Just because they report it or you think you're awake doesn't mean that anything is going to happen. He explains in this particular clip what the goal is of the operation. Outlined in Mind War by Michael Aquino, a Satanist who ran psychological operations for our NSA and was in intelligence for 40 years who got his ideology from Nazi Germany. 
all of the things that I've been talking about for two and three years, all of the information that I collected on my own is now being verified as you dig in and learn about all of this information. It's incredible. Uh, Mike Gill, clip number four, seven, go. Here's what we are. And I'm telling you, we're in a race. It's every day that goes by. Tell me this. Does it not become more obvious to you? So the game isn't for you not to know that you're being controlled and enslaved. It's the ultimate goal. You're going to figure it out. The, goal. the name of the game is by the time you understand all this, it's too late to do anything about it. That's the goal. The goal is to keep you thinking you're in this battle and that the more you know about it, the better it's going to be. You are rooting for a Republican. You're rooting for a Democrat. You've got your champion that you're going to fall in line with. But the goal is to keep that fight going for as long as they can as they put the system in place. I don't know how many times I have to bring it to your attention, how many ways I have to explain it. But that is clearly what is happening because you can see the bills they're writing. The Restrict Act. The digital currency legislation that is out there. Fed now. The idea that the intelligence agencies were blocking information on social media sites. They're tracking you. They're shadow banning people. I mean, these are all things that we have to be very, very concerned about. It's not like it's no big deal. It's, oh, it's been going on forever. Uh, It's been going on in our lifetime because they're putting the system in place. But it hasn't been going on forever. It's been going on since the end of World War II, and it's continued to grow and grow and grow. Clip number five, one, Mike Gill talking about promises. We're always promised that something's going to happen right around the corner. And just think of you and your friends. How often you go, oh, yeah, it's this, we're getting ready to get some real information here. It's, uh, they're going to have so-and-so is going to get to it in Congress. So-and-so is going to get to it in the media. Tucker Carlson is going to give us all the information that we need. <sniffs> Not happening. Clip number five, one, Mike Gill, ready, go. We are constantly being promised that they're going to release information. Well, who goes to jail? Remember all those sealed indictments? They're all still sealed. We live on promises. We look for saviors. We got to stop looking for ourselves to save ourselves. We've got to organize. That's the purpose of what I'm doing now. So I didn't release this. And what happened was President Trump loses the election. Like I predicted, I put it in videos that it was, and I was begging him to release this to the people. Now, I can't tell you why the president didn't release it. If there's a strategy, I don't understand it. So the election's over, and he loses. So from all of December into January, I'd say a period of seven weeks, General Flynn, you know, the ex-national security advisor, and Sidney Powell, each of whom spent the majority of their time in the Oval Office with Trump. Trump was even going was, was to make uh, Powell his chief counsel. Well, they were on the phone with me. 330 million people in the country, right? How'd they find me? And trust me, since the cartel and the FBI were on my heels, I'm not an easy guy to find, particularly at that moment, because I'm not quite sure... Both sides don't want me dead. 
and sure the hell would simplify things. So you see that General Flynn uses text messages and emails also besides the phone to communicate with me. Now, you don't have to guess again either, because I posted all those communications. The first thing that uh, General Flynn asked me for, remember that $50 million settlement? Remember I told you those releases was the Pandora Papers? Well, he asked for that, and you get to see it. And I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on social media, put it in videos. So how is it that the National Security Advisor wouldn't know better to put that kind of information on text messages or emails? Very good question, because what he outlines on his show is communication between Michael Flynn and himself. And what's fascinating about it, and he brings it up in that particular clip, is how in the world could Michael Flynn run national security for this country, a military guy, not know better than to text back and forth with somebody who has information that would uproot a system of corruption? He asked that question, and he goes, he believes in Donald Trump, and he believes in Michael Flynn up until the election of 2020. And then he goes, well, let me just, I'll let you hear what he has to say. But he asked the question, how could Michael Flynn be in intelligence and communicate with me via text message about crazy important material with all of the details and all of the outlines of the corruption in uh, New Hampshire? And one of the clips that I'm not going to play, he says that Michael Flynn, he said, look, you got to get this information out. You got to get this information out. You got to get the information out. And Michael Flynn said, I swear. But then Michael Flynn never got the information out. Now, I went and saw Michael Flynn and his whole group of people at the Reawaken America tour. And I'll just say it didn't sit well with me. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Uh, but something didn't feel right about that entire exercise, this little traveling tour that they have going on. I'm not saying that uh, anything nefarious is happening. I'm just saying it didn't feel like a well-oiled machine. It didn't feel like I was around some really, really super bright people that were going to fix the situation. It just didn't feel that way. Here is Mike Gill, last clip from him, uh, number 4-8. Check this out. Ready, go. And you know something? That's exactly what I agree on. How about this? I can't tell you who's a good guy. Mm. In fact, you'll see on the text message um, with uh, Flynn, we're the only good guys left. Wow. Mm. And I believed it mm. then. Right. I can't tell you who to believe. I can tell you it's up to us. We can't look for a savior. We have to save ourselves. And we still are the majority. We are what they fear. So when you talk in blackmail as the currency in Washington, people, we are the blackmail. You know what they all threatened? To tell you. So when Trump comes up and tells you about the intelligence, tells you about the drug cartels, he's telling them, I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell. Well, tell us. Tell the country. I don't know the strategy. If there is a strategy here, because I only see it as what would unite this country as having us, and what would organize. What, what organizes a group of people is a commonality. You ready? I think the Republicans or the Democrats or whatever race or religion we are, we all love our children. We want to have a future for them. If we can't get past 
we can't unite on that commonality, then we're going to lose our country. And I would ask people listening, have you been able to unite? Do you feel comfortable trying to organize to remove the politicians at the state and local level, almost ignore the federal level at the moment? Because as he said, there is a clip, and we're gonna we're gonna get into the MK Ultra, the Satanism, the pedophile rings. We're gonna get the back half of the show is completely dedicated to it. But if you go through some of the testimony, they talk about who the next person in line is gonna be. Uh, Kathy O'Brien says that she is with uh, George Bush, Daddy Bush, and he says that when people get tired of the Republican way to put new world order into place, the new world order, that they'll bring in Bill Clinton. He'll be the Democrat version of the new world order. And she says she's involved in these conversations as they're going on. She is an MK Ultra. They program these people as children to be almost like machines. They can program, they can put information in their head that they want them to know, and they can program them and deprogram them. Now, you know, and I know that that sounds crazy, but when you hear Witness after witness after witness explain the same process through either drugs, through uh, uh, Satanistic rituals that go on, pedophilia, breaking a child at a very early age. They can control these people for the rest of their lives, and they can program them. When you hear people like Kathy O'Brien and Paul Benassi talk about the people involved, They often bring up things within their testimony that happened 20 and 30 and 35 years ago that came to fruition. Kathy O'Brien says that Bill Clinton was in succession to be the president of the United States after George Bush. She also goes on to say that uh, she had connections with George Bush Jr. And she talks about him being in this succession line. Now, this is before George Bush was the president. When she's giving these conversations, he's the governor of Texas. You had no idea when she says that George Bush and Bill Clinton were in cahoots with one another. It was at a time when nobody knew that Bill Clinton and uh, George Bush would eventually be buddies. We thought they hated each other when they were going through the 90s. That's what we all believe. When Bill Clinton beat George Bush to become president in 1992, we all believe that George Bush and Bill Clinton didn't like each other. But we then found out that they were touring together, giving speeches together, taking photos together. They're buddies. But what she is supposed to do is retain all of the information. She's programmed. So when she goes into, she was really a drug trafficker, sex object. This was her role. I know it sounds crazy. I'm telling you, if you you do the research and you listen to 100 hours of this information, you're going to be convinced, as was Ted Gunderson, who ran the L.A., office for the FBI. He believes it. Senator John DeCamp believes it. The head of the CIA, Bill Colby, he believes it. So there might be something there. Stick around for hour number two. We're going to get into the child pedophile rings. Uh, Again, I think this information, when you really digest it, will blow your mind. We'll be right back. The Rob Carter Show. The Rob Carter Show. All right, everybody, here we go. Hour number two coming your way. This hour, we get into some very disturbing information. 
This is probably not a show your kids need to listen to. So if you want to get a rebroadcast of the show, go to rumble.com, R-U-M-B-L-E.com. Search SR1 and then the Rob Carter Show. The entire body of work is there. I have done a ton of research for you to try to take you out of the corporate news bubble and into reality. You have to read Mind War by Michael Aquino. That really explains how your reality is being shaped for you. And then you have to ask yourself why, who's doing it, and why are they doing it. Now we get into child pedophilia. There's a lot of stories here that tie together. We all know about the Epstein case, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But I want to start with the Franklin cover-up. We talked about it last week. There's a lot of players in this game. Let me just run through the players. The first one is Paul Benassi. Now, Paul Benassi is the... He's the main character in the child pedophile ring. He is the one that has split personalities and can bring them up and really tell people what was going on. He has a lot of information in that noggin of his. We'll play a little bit of his deposition here in just a minute. Paul Benassi gets a hold of a guy by the name of John DeCamp. This is how the whole story breaks. So the Franklin Credit Union was a bank in Nebraska. Two guys that were running the show there, Lawrence King and Craig Spence, When the feds raid this credit union and people in the local news covers it and these kids start to see Lawrence King, they go, wait a minute, I know that guy. I rode on his plane and they start telling stories of a huge network, a pedophile ring that serves the rich and powerful across multiple different professions and the politicians in this country. And nobody believed it. You know, nobody believed this story. It sounds too crazy and There will be people that listen to this that won't believe it. But if you did your research, it'd be hard not to believe it because it's overwhelming. So as all of the information is going public, kids start calling into media and the police saying, I know this guy. Well, then Senator from Nebraska, John DeCamp, goes out on local media and says, there's no way this is happening. I oversee the banks here in Nebraska. As a politician, I oversee the banks. And if this was going on, I would know about it. Then he gets a letter from Paul Benassi saying, listen, I know you don't believe this, Mr. DeCamp, but I have the evidence if you want it. So John DeCamp goes to the prison, meets Paul Benassi, and in the process of meeting him, he runs across Paul Benassi's psychiatrist. And he said, is this kid telling you all of these crazy stories? And the psychiatrist says, yes. He goes, is there any truth to this story? And the psychiatrist says, yes, everything he's telling you is true. He goes, he does not even have the capability right now of lying to you because he has split personalities. And these split personalities don't think to lie. They're just like a computer. They're shooting out information that they are aware of. So that gets John DeCamp in this whole, I got to figure this thing out. There's another guy that has the case by the name of Gary Caradori. Now, Gary Caradori starts interviewing all of these kids. There were 80 kids involved in the Franklin cover-up. He starts getting this information, compiling this information, and starts telling associates of his that he has pictures. He has the goods that will break this story wide open. The rich and powerful are going down. And then the very same day, he dies in a plane crash with the suitcase, with all of the pictures that he told his friends that he had. So Gary Caradori goes away, 
And then John DeCamp comes in and takes over the case. Subsequent to that, this Paul Benassi is involved in another case with this missing kid by the name of Johnny Gosh. I know there's a lot of names, so you got to stick with it. You'll need an org chart. But Johnny Gosh was the first child ever to have his face on a milk cart. Now, if you are in your 40s and 50s, you remember that a lot of kids started missing in the 80s. And people were freaking out. Parents were like, what is going on here? Every other day, there's a child missing, a child abduction. So they started putting pictures of kids on the back of milk cartons the way an Amber Alert is nowadays. Well, the first kid was Johnny Gosh. Johnny Gosh apparently was with Paul Benassi during his abduction. And Paul Benassi, who's involved in the Franklin Credit Union cover-up as a sex slave, He tells the story of how he was with Johnny Gosh when he was abducted. They used these kids to bring in other kids. And Johnny Gosh was abducted, and Paul Bonassi was one of the kids that helped abduct him. This is how the system works. It's crazy. They use kids to make other kids feel comfortable, get them into a situation, and then the bad guys take them. So he claims, Paul Bonassi, that he was with Johnny Gosh when he was abducted, and the whole story behind it gets revealed And Paul Benassi knows everything about the situation. And two separate investigators who interview him over, I think the guy said he had 300 hours of interviews with this kid, said he's telling the truth. There's no doubt whatsoever he is telling the truth. This guy went, uh, this Roy Stevens, this investigator, went on a show called the Faith, Faith Daniel Show. It was like a Oprah or a Sally Jesse Raphael or one of those types of shows back in the 80s and 90s. And he says the kid's telling the truth. And there's a dialogue between them that I played on the last show or on the podcast, wherever I played, I can't even remember, where the investigator is confirming all of the information that this Paul Benassi has given to him, proving that he was with him when Johnny Gosh was abducted. Okay, so you got Paul Benassi being proven to be telling the truth. Here is John DeCamp talking about Paul Benassi being proven right with everything that he said as it applied to Johnny Gosh. Uh, John DeCamp, clip number 2-8, ready, go. There was no question Benassi was telling the truth on this, whether it was polygraph tests that were taken, whether it was other proof, he was the only one that, other than the family, that knew certain birthmarks and other things on the boy, of course, from what he and the other boy, anyway. But yeah, that was just one more thing in the book that I wrote about that, that came out of this Franklin thing as I kept digging in and pulling strings. Now, these boys ended up supposedly on a, a ranch in Colorado. Uh, That's correct. Uh, Colonel Michael Aquino's ranch. So she, the interviewer brings up Michael Aquino, and we're going to bring him up throughout the show. We've got a lot of clips of him. Once you understand what he's all about, uh, then it might change your perception of reality. Okay, so let's just, but I don't want to get off the track, so we'll, we'll get into that in here in just a bit. So now we have Gary Caradori, who was the original investigator, dies in a plane crash, and he had 80 kids that he was doing uh, interviews with. Believed that it was true, told associates of his that he had the goods, had the pictures, had all the information to bring down a vast, very powerful pedophile ring here in the United States that encompassed bank owners, the church, politicians, everybody. All right, And I know you don't believe that, but I'm just saying you have to understand that a senator... A, uh, the former CIA director, Bill Colby, and Ted Gunderson, who ran the FBI out of Los Angeles, they all buy the story. 
And that's because they did an enormous amount of research to try to prove these kids wrong and couldn't do it. Now let me get into Ted Gunderson. So we have the Franklin cover-up story kind of in your mind. You're starting to recognize this. And by the way, the, the, the people they said were involved in this, there was a ton. But the three politicians they said were involved in this Franklin cover-up that were involved in the Ched, uh, child pedophilia, pedophilia ring, the child pedophilia ring, was G.H. Bush, G.H.W. Bush, Dick Cheney, and Barney Frank. And the reason that's an, interesting to, to me anyway is because Bush ran the CIA, was in the United Nations, then the vice president, then the president of the United States, and then his son becomes president. And when you listen to what Kathy O'Brien, another sex slave, in a completely different case, when you hear these people talk, they say the exact same things at different times in different locations with different people. It's very difficult to say this is all just a bunch of nonsense and elaborate hoax. So keep all of those things in your mind, and then let me bring in Ted Gunderson. Now, Ted Gunderson is an FBI agent. He had retired. Uh, he, got in, in, uh, he got involved in all of these stories with Satanism and with child abductions because he was involved in the Fatal Vision case. Does everybody remember the Fatal Vision case? This is the story of Jeffrey McDonald in Fort Bragg in North Carolina. If you have not seen the movie Fatal Vision, you got to check it out. Apparently, this doctor had a wife and a couple of kids. He claims that um, some hippies came into the house in the middle of the night, butchered his wife and two kids, stabbed him, didn't kill him. His family, everybody believed him. His in-laws believed him. Everybody believed him, said he was a great guy. And then he moves, after a little bit of time, he moves. He moves out to California, and he starts doing talk shows that offend the father of the, his dead wife. And he goes, what's going on? This guy seems a little too happy. Something's weird. And he starts putting a case together that Jeffrey McDonald killed his wife and kids. And he ends up going to prison through this trial uh, because the prosecutors say that his type blood, not the DNA, but his type blood was found in all of the rooms where the kids and the wife were killed. And they put this story together uh, that Jeffrey McDonald killed his family. Well, Ted Gunderson gets involved with it. He believes, it's, uh, as he does his studying, that it was a setup. And he runs across this woman by the name of Helena Stokely. Now, if you know the story, Helena Stokely confessed, told, uh, said who was with her that night. There's witnesses to it that you can go back to those days, the local newscasts. You can watch them. They're all out there on YouTube and on, um, I'm sorry, YouTube and DuckDuckGo and all of these different places where you can see video. And they show the interviews of the people saying they saw a woman in a floppy hat with white boots, which is Helena Stokely. And Helena Stokely said the reason... Uh, that this doctor's family was targeted was because he was mean to their uh, their customers. They were bringing in drugs from overseas in the coffins of dead soldiers. This is during the Vietnam War, and they were used. They were putting the uh, the drugs in these coffins and these uh, body bags and so forth. And then Helena Stokely was one of the people that was selling those drugs in the local community. And the people that were getting addicted to drugs were going for I think it's called methadone. If you get addicted to heroin and you come in and Jeffrey McDonald was not treating them very nice because he didn't like the idea that these kids were coming in to get their fix with methadone. So they got targeted and she says they went to his house. They weren't planning to kill him. It got out of hand and that's what happened. But she confesses to it, but it didn't matter. Jeffrey McDonald remains in prison to this day. Ted Gunderson believed that Jeffrey McDonald was innocent. He believed it was the evidence uh, that he was innocent was overwhelming. He had confessions. He had the story. He had all of the details to prove that 
Dr. Jeffrey McDonald was innocent. That begins him on, that begins, this is in the early 70s, this goes down, and the case goes all the way into the 80s with him. That gets him to believing that there is some craziness going on in the world that surrounds Satanism because these were Satanists, or people involved in witchcraft and the occult, that were involved in the murder of Jeffrey McDonald's family. So he starts paying attention to this, and he gets called into several of these cases, and he starts to put a picture together of what's going on. The next one is Kathy O'Brien. So Kathy O'Brien wrote a book called Transformation of America. She claims that the way the system works is there are pedophile families around the globe and around the world, and they compromise politicians and everybody else. But pedophilia is the name of the game when it comes to her. She says that her father, who was busted for pedophilia, made a deal with the intelligence agencies that if he would turn his daughter over to the intelligence agencies, that they would not, um, they would not convict him. And then later she says he had nothing but a sixth grade education. He becomes a multimillionaire because he joins the club. This is her telling the story. So she um, starts naming names as well. And she names the very same names that Paul Benassi was talking about. George Bush, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan. And I know everybody goes, I love Ronald Reagan. There is no way. I watched him on TV for years. He's the greatest guy in the world, and there is just no way. That's the way I felt about Ronald Reagan, too. And I'm not saying these stories are true. I'm saying that people in power believe these stories are true. People that are attached to this case that met these people that interview them, you can go out right now on DuckDuckGo and type in Kathy O'Brien or Paul Benassi and watch hours and hours of testimony. They will take any interview that you'll give them. They did a tour where they were explaining it, and people in the audience would get up and ask them questions for hours and hours. They'd spend two or three days in these hotel conference rooms answering questions. And to this day, nobody can refute anything that they're saying because Kathy O'Brien, like Paul Benassi, claim that the split personalities allows them to store very vivid information. And under hypnosis, where they go into the subconscious mind, which is what their handlers were doing, they can extract that information. So it's like a Rolodex in your mind, exactly the way Paul Benassi described it. If you are uh, uh, somebody who goes through satanic ritual abuse, sexual abuse between the ages of one and six to one and eight, it will split off your personality. And once you split off your personality, it's a way for the body to say, I am being tortured. I can't take it. I have to escape it within my mind, and I go to another place. And that creates multiple personalities. Within these multiple personalities, you can Rolodex information. Apparently, that's what they're claiming. And they have the information in there, and under hypnosis, they can give you all of that information back to you. All of the things that they saw, all the times, where they were at, they can see it in their head, and through, uh, through deprogramming, they can give you that information. Now, I know that's hard to believe. And I, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure I want to believe it. And I'm going to get to, I got two more segments that I want to give you more information. It is very hard to deny. Stick around. We'll be right back. The Rob Carter Show. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We are going to continue the story. So far, we've talked about the Franklin cover-up, Paul Benassi, 
He was one of the kids that was being shopped around to the rich and famous in a pedophile ring. We talked about the lead investigator in that story, Gary Caradori, who mysteriously died in a plane crash after telling his associates that he had the goods. Then enters John DeCamp, senator from Nebraska. He picks up the investigation. Then we learn about Johnny Gosh and his relation to Paul Benassi. Johnny Gosh, the first kid ever on a milk carton for missing children. Paul Benassi has too much information, proves that he was with Johnny Gosh during the abduction and knew who he was and convinced everybody involved because he had too much information that was not public that proved that he was with Johnny Gosh during his abduction. And he explains how it works. They would use kids to entice other kids near a car, what have you. They'd be picked up and they were gone forever. Then entered Ted Gunderson. Ted Gunderson ran the FBI in Los Angeles. Ted Gunderson got involved because of the Jeffrey McDonald story in Fort Bragg, and we talked about that. So keep all of these things in mind as we move into Kathy O'Brien. Now, Kathy O'Brien, again, claims that she was a sex slave, uh, that she was born into pedophilia, that the CIA got uh, got a handle on her, and then started using her from very early on throughout her entire life. She becomes uh, handled by a guy named Alex Houston. Now, Alex Houston, apparently, this is her telling the story. Alex Houston was a ventriloquist, a hypnotist in Nashville, a celebrity, if you will. So that's who is controlling her at this particular time. They pass these people around like they are robots because they're not going to tell on anything because they can't. They do not have the, if they are programmed properly, They're only going to do what they are told to do, nothing else. They are human robots, if you will. Now, this Alex Houston gets into business with a guy named Mark Phillips. Now, Mark Phillips was a CIA contractor, and he is doing business with Alex Houston. Mark Phillips goes to China on business with him and Alex Houston's business. He's a manufacturer, so he goes over to China, and while he's in China... His business associates over there that are attached to the government because you don't have a big business in China unless you're attached to the CCP. They show him a bunch of pictures of Alex Houston performing, uh, I don't even know how you'd say it. He's a pedophile and it shows the pictures of him in these acts. And to hear Mark Phillips say it, I was shocked. It's something I could never get out of my mind. And the Chinese go, what are you doing with this guy? And he says, listen, I knew nothing about it. Now that he knows that he's in business with a pedophile, he recognizes that this Kathy O'Brien is with Alex Houston, and he puts a plan together to get her and her daughter because this passes down through generations. You're born into this pedophilia. They program you at a very early age, and you walk around society. Nobody knows that you're a walking robot, but they know how to handle these people from very early. They program them as children, and they continue the process, and they pass these women and these children around like dolls it's the the stories are crazy but there's so many of them you have to say where there's smoke there's fire so this mark phillips rescues her takes her to alaska uh, learns how to deprogram her through his contacts within the intelligence agencies deprograms her and she begins to tell the story and what's interesting about these stories is her story mirrors paul Benassi's story 
Her story mirrors uh, Alicia Owen's story and all of these people involved in the Franklin cover-up. The stories are the same. And then we find out what goes on with Jeffrey Epstein. And the names that are involved, if you remember, in the Franklin cover-up, Dick Cheney, G.H.W. Bush, Daddy Bush, and Barney Frank. Those are the those are the big political names that were uh, that came out in the Kathy O'Brien story, and nobody believed it. The only people that believed it were John DeCamp, a senator from Nebraska, Gary Caradori, who was uh, in the uh, police department. He was a lead investigator. He believed it. He told people that he believed it. Told people he had the goods. Then you got Ted Gunderson, who ran the FBI out of L.A. He believes it. And by the way, John DeCamp was very good friends with former CIA guy Bill Colby, and he and Bill Colby had conversations about it. Bill Colby believed it. So if you don't believe it because you haven't studied it enough, you have the police, you've got a senator, you've got the FBI, and you got the CIA all apparently believe these stories. So now we get into the Epstein case, and I talk about this all the time because it's hard for me to believe that there's not more made of it. And it shows you that the populace here in, the, in this country and around the world has no ability to think. They cannot put pieces together. Donald Barr, I'm going to say it nice and slow for you. I'm going to say it every time until people realize and picture this in their brain so they can figure it out. Donald Barr, Bill Barr's father, was in the OSS, the original CIA. He hired Jeffrey Epstein when Jeffrey Epstein was 21 years old to the Dalton School in New York. So you have uh, Donald Barr hiring Jeffrey Epstein, and then Donald Trump hires Bill Barr, Donald Barr's son, and it comes full circle. Bill Barr is the one that says when Jeffrey Epstein died in the prison that it was just a run-of-the-mill suicide, nothing to see here. I, Bill Barr, say nothing to see. I know the guards were sleeping. I know the cameras were broken, and I know that Jeffrey Epstein is one of the most... Uh, he is the one that everybody wants to hear from because there are stories about him supplying children to the elite people in our government and around the world. Celebrities, all of it. So everybody wants to hear from Jeffrey Epstein, but magically he commits suicide in his cell with the cameras off and the guards sleeping. But then when you dig in, you realize that Bill Barr's father hired Jeffrey Epstein and that Bill Barr's father, Donald Barr, was in the intelligence agencies and then Bill Barr gets into the judicial system. He becomes the attorney general. Bill Barr started under George Bush. George Bush ran the CIA. He was in the United Nations. He was the vice president of the United States and then the president of the United States. And then his son got two terms. Do you think these people might be connected just a little more than you think behind the scenes? I think that's very possible. I think any critical thought would lead you to that conclusion. Now, some of the names that Kathy O'Brien mentions are Prince Philip, so could she have known about Prince Philip before the story broke with Jeffrey Epstein? No. This was before anybody knew that Prince Philip was involved. She mentions him as one of the people involved in this pedophile ring. She mentions Prince Charles. Would you have believed that Prince Charles was involved in this? I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. But then you find out about Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile was apparently pretty close with Prince Charles. And Jimmy Savile, a big-time entertainer, somebody that everybody in Britain knew, Turns out to be one of the most prolific child pedophiles or pedophiles in the history of the world. So you start putting these things together and you go, what is going on in this world? <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Now let me get to, now that you know all of these stories and all of these people, I want to spend the rest of the time talking about Michael Aquino because the notion that we don't know as a country who Michael Aquino is continues to fascinate me. How does a guy that oversees or is in the NSA, oversees psychological operations, goes on all of these talk shows, gets accused of sexual assault by assault by 50 kids, is named by Paul Benassi, named by um, Kathy O'Brien. Everybody involved brings up the Michael Aquino name. And we, we, me and you don't know about him. We never heard of him. I just got wind of him maybe three or four years ago and then started putting the pieces together as the story started to develop in my mind. And I, I, I see all of these, I see all of these people. I see this network coming together when you hear the testimony, you see all of the people involved and all of the people involved are very powerful, remain very powerful. And these stories were told 20, 30, 35 years ago. How can that be? And why is this not being talked about? Why isn't this being talked about on Fox News and CNN? Why isn't this corporate media discussing these things? And that is because the corporate media is a cover for these operations. Let me get to Michael Aquino because I think once you understand him and who he is and what he's all about, this will start to take shape for you, and you're really going to freak out when you start to recognize that this stuff is actually happening. Uh, This is the first clip I have. This is Kathy O'Brien talking about Michael Aquino back in the early to mid-90s. Kathy O'Brien, clip number 3-1. Ready, go. The Presidio is a a well-known abuse base. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino has been charged with sexual abuse of children there for the proliferation of his occult temple of Set, for the blood ritual traumas that occur there. I was taken there for mind control programming purposes. There's the mind control, um, sophisticated technology um, part building that's located on the Presidio. And the Presidio, like I said, is very, uh, is in close proximity to the Bohemian Grove. So now you have Michael Aquino tied to the Paul Benassi Franklin cover-up case. And now Kathy O'Brien is saying the same thing. So uh, apparently, according to these people, he was a programmer. Allow your minds to go to these dark corners of the world where another human who begins a process of programming a child has the ability to strip away their logical mind, programming them through their subconscious. All of these people say they created uh, assassins with it. I talked about it on my mind control episode, my MK ultra episode on the podcast. This was before I had all of this information. Quite honestly, there were bits and pieces of it. I hadn't put it together, but I talked about how Charles Manson, uh, was involved in the MK or appears was involved in the MK Ultra uh, program because he was working with Jolly West. Jolly West worked for Sid Gottlieb. Sid Gottlieb is the father here in the United States of MK Ultra, and Jolly West was not only working with Charles Manson, he was working with uh, Jack Ruby, and he was working with Sirhan Sirhan. So now you have the CIA and mind control people dealing with some of our assassins. When the world really went crazy in the 1960s, you have all these assassinations. Let me think if I can go through them all here. In the 1960s, you had John F. Kennedy die. You had Robert F. Kennedy get assassinated. 
you had uh, Martin Luther King, Dorothy Kilgallen, um, Malcolm X, and, uh, you know, you look at these things and you go, that's a lot of assassinations in a short amount of time in the 1960s because that is when the transformation was taking place. Ron Paul, who ran for president, uh, he's from Texas. A lot of people like Rand Paul because he kept saying you have to audit the Fed to get this system back in order because the Fed, the people that print the money, they run the show and then everything expands out from there. He said just the other day, Ron Paul did, that... Um, uh, Ron Paul said the the assassination of John Kennedy, that was the end of what we understood as freedom here in America. That is when the process began, was with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And now, according to news reports that have been released, the CIA was involved in the assassination of John F. Kennedy. So now, with all of that in backdrop, and we're starting to get into this Michael Aquino, I want to play another clip for you. This is Oprah Winfrey. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, at the beginning of her, I think this was in 91, if I'm not mistaken, she is interviewing Michael Aquino because at that time, Satanism was a big conversation. Now, this is the way I look at it with the Satanism topic. It doesn't matter whether you believe that there is um, a spiritual angle to this, whether Satan is real, uh, whatever you believe as far as that is concerned, it doesn't matter. What matters is the people that are, there's a Bible written, a satanic Bible, and within that satanic Bible, they, uh, it's, it's like anything else, they give you a doctrine for life. So it doesn't matter whether you believe it, there are people that do believe it and practice it. So that's what they were discussing on this Oprah Winfrey show. Check this out. This is uh, Oprah Winfrey with Michael Aquino. And what's going on here is Michael Aquino is talking to the audience, and one of the kids in the audience was brought there because he was involved in a satanic ritual, he says, where uh, somebody was stabbed seven times, and it freaked him out, and he's explaining the story to Michael Aquino, and this is how the conversation goes on Oprah. Ready? Go. First question would be, were you a member of the Church of Satan, a card-carrying member of the Church of Satan? Yes, sir. And uh, who was the grotto leader? I don't remember his name. You don't remember the name of a person who involved you in murder? The only remember thing the thing I can really itself. remember about that night itself is that I walked in, I got my acolyte robes on, and the next thing I remember seeing was this guy laying on the table with seven daggers sticking out of his chest. Did you participate you... in the stabbing of the guy? I don't remember. You have made uh, several statements that don't fit with the Church of Satan. For example, yeah. there is only one high priest. There is not a local one. We do not have any rituals. Only one high priest. Is that you? That for the Church of Satan was Anton LaVey. Now, it has no rituals called a witch's Sabbath, per se. Uh, uh, it certainly does not have any ritual murder Sabbath. activities. And it has no title called acolyte at all. Mm -hmm. A person it? who is a first-degree member in the Church of Satan is referred to as a Satanist. And... Uh, there are no titles such as that at all. Wow. Michael Aquino, Satanist. Does it bother you that he is in the NSA? We'll be right back. SR1 Sundays. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Final segment of the evening. Don't forget to join us every Sunday from 6 to 8 o'clock on The Rob Carter Show. I do my best to bring you out of the corporate news bubble and into reality. 
I try to keep you away from the corporate news narratives. You know, the ones that have you arguing with your family, your friends, and your coworkers. By design. Let's talk about the real information for a change. If you want the podcast version, we drop that show every Monday evening at 11 Eastern time. That's a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more rated R, but I think you'll love it. We are continuing the conversation about the elite pedophile rings, about Satanism being involved in our intelligence agencies and how those two things have combined. So we're going to get back to that here in just a minute, but I must remind you to support our sponsors. Pure Cure Coffee, P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com, the best coffee that has ever crossed my lips, and I am a coffee guy. I start every morning with coffee. I have for probably 40 years. I love coffee. It's a big deal to me. It's how I start my mornings. I love the smell of Pure Cure Coffee, and you can't go after this corporate coffee. You have to support businesses that support free speech. Pure Cure Coffee, give it a shot. Delivered fresh to your door, you'll love it, I promise you. P-U-R-C-U-R coffee.com. Now a little housekeeping. Let me say that one more time. Now a little housekeeping. Before when I talked about John DeCamp, now John DeCamp is the guy that drove the story behind the Franklin cover-up and Paul Benassi. He was in and out of politics, and then he ran for Senate again in the year 2006. And he lost to Chuck Hagel. Let me give you a clip of him talking about it, and then I want to add some context for you. This is an interview with John DeCamp, who lost his Senate bid to Republican Chuck Hagel. Check this out. Clip number two, four. Ready? Go. Tell me about uh, your recent election, because you ran for uh, Nebraska senator. Oh, I stupidly... Oh, six, right? Yeah, put my name on the ballot, just for the heck of it. I didn't really do any campaigning. I just thought I'd try to get back into politics, and then I had a back surgery, and that pretty well made me lay low and stay out. But but the uh, polling had you go... The polling had me all... 68% or something? Number one, number one, number one, number one. And, uh, yes, I lost good. But only in those precincts that have electronic voting machines. That's true. Only in precincts with electronic voting machines and the ones where it's hand-counted and all that, I won like two to one or more. So where the votes were hand-counted, he won two to one or more. The polling had him up. He was polling around 68%. So it's going to be a landslide for John DeCamp because he was very popular in Nebraska mainly because of this Franklin cover-up story that the people in Nebraska started to realize had some merit. But he runs against Republican Chuck Hagel. They're both Republicans, I believe. Runs against Chuck Hagel, and Chuck Hagel wins. Now let's look into Chuck Hagel for just a minute, because Chuck Hagel was nominated to be the Secretary of Defense under Barack Obama. So you have a, a Democrat, Barack Obama, a very partisan Democrat, who nominate, not nominates... Chuck Hagel to serve as the Secretary of Defense. Now, right then and there, it doesn't make really much sense to me. But then I look into Chuck Hagel. I look into his business career. Here's what it says. And by the way, Chuck Hagel is on the Council of Foreign Relations. So right away, you know he's a club member. This is what it says in his bio. It says, although he was pressured by some to run for governor of Virginia, where he had lived for 20 years, in 1992, Hagel moved back to Nebraska to become president of the McCarthy Group, LLC an investment banking firm. So again, 
all of these guys are tied to banking or tied to tech or tied to uh, pharmaceutical companies. They're all a part of something. Council of Foreign Relations, you know he's a club member. Let me continue on. It also says he, he served as a chairman and was CEO of American Information Systems, Inc., AIS, American Information Systems, later known as Election Systems and Software, a computerized voting machine manufacturer jointly owned by McCarthy Group LLC and the Omaha World Herald Company. There's so much in there that if you really understand what's going on, the Omaha World Herald Company was heavily involved in the Franklin cover-up. One of the major players there was involved. You've got the banking industry, and then you have him invested, Chuck Hagel, in the electronic voting systems. It's incredible. It was the ESS that turned into Sequoia, then Diebold, and bought out by Dominion. So he's involved in the computer, um, the electronic voting systems, and then wins an election and is promoted to Secretary of Defense under Obama as a Republican, and he beats the guy that was involved in the Franklin cover-up case that had a that was polling at 68% and won the hand. Uh, but when they counted the uh, votes up by hand, he won two to one. It's a, it's a rigged system. It just is. And it's been a rigged system for a long time. That was all the way back to 2006. So what are we doing not uh, organizing to get our election system back in play? I mean, what are we doing? Donald Trump is going to run in the same election system that he just said was stolen from him. Did, none, none of it makes any sense to me. Let me get back to Michael Aquino because I want to play this clip for you right here, and then I want to – actually, I'm going to play two before I get to it. Uh, this is from Out of Shadows, and this, again, this is how many times when you start paying attention to the name Michael Aquino, it shows up. This is clip number 5-8. Ready, go. Aquino's thesis stated that enemy populations could be subdued by inflicting a state of psychological terror and feelings of imminent destruction. He discusses the use of psychotronic weapons and electromagnetic weapons that influence the mind. By extremely low frequency signals, piggybacked on broadcasts of radio, TV, or microwave communications in order to influence and manipulate the thoughts and feelings of the target population. Now, Michael Aquino is dead. He died in 2020, but just let me recap it for you as we move forward here. He ran psychological operations for NSA. He's a Satanist. He was all over the talk show circuit back in the 80s and 90s. He was accused of sexual assault, pedophilia sexual assault with 50 kids. He is named by Paul Benassi. He's named by Kathy O'Brien and many others as being a programmer in the system. Okay, so that's who this guy is that you've never even heard of. Now, here is a clip that I found when I was um, investigating on the internet stories about Michael Aquino. I ran across this young man, uh, a missing uh, young person by the name of Kevin Callens. He was a young boy who went missing. And check this, uh, uh, this little news interview because the journalist that asked the question in this particular clip, I had recognized him as a journalist who had been interviewing Ted Gunderson. So this guy knows about the cases, and he finds this this person here. Uh, I don't know his name, but he says he was involved in the Kevin Callens abduction. Listen to what he has to say. Uh, clip number two five. Ready, go. Uh, you witnessed the sacrifice of an individual in a satanic ritual at the Bohemian Grove. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, it was Kevin Collins, and I've also made this very public. Uh, that I was one of uh, three or four people that kidnapped him off the streets of San Francisco. And so 
uh, Kevin Collins was chosen um, by uh, Michael Aquino and uh, because he was a Catholic young virgin boy and he was, uh, I, I named you the names of who was all involved, these were all people that were somewhat unknown at least in the major public at that so time. So they are guilty as hell, is that correct? They are as guilty as uh, most people in the world are of murder and they definitely were involved in the murder of this child. So now you have another child, Kevin Collins, you have Michael or um, uh, Paul Bonassi, you have Johnny Gosh, you have all of these missing kids from that era tied to Michael Aquino, and then you have the information coming from Kathy O'Brien and Paul Bonassi who were MK Ultra sex slaves who said they were programmed by Michael Aquino. Then you have him on the talk show circuit with these crazy conversations. Is it not, does it not seem bizarre to you that somebody who is uh, running a satanic church is also running psychological operations for the NSA, a military member right here in the United States? Does that not seem a little bit disturbing? It does to me. Then I found this, so I really started digging down and I had to listen to a lot of information to get to this clip. This is Michael Aquino explaining to you what is happening in this country. It is very important that you understand this. I'm going to try to explain it, but I would I would appreciate if you've been listening for a long time to really stay focused on what he has to say right here because this is the this is the beginning and the end of the conversation about what is happening in this country. He talks about realities and how your reality can be shaped. Pay very very close attention. This is a Satanist who was involved in our NSA for 40 years who has been accused of sexual assault by almost 50 kids. It's unbelievable when you break it down that you have never heard of this character. Michael Aquino, clip number 2-1, ready, go. Got the fake alien invasion stuff from an external this is an alien interviewer. threat. Uh, using, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the astronomers go through this rubbish of communicating with radio waves, which is ridiculous. It's not going to communicate anywhere. Yeah. It can't go faster than light because it is light. So we have the farce of modern yeah. science, which is essentially a dogma. It's, it's not science. It's, a, it's, it's, it's worse than religion. Okay, now I'm going to take you, now I'm going to take you again uh, you know, through the looking glass here a little bit again. And, and explain things like the UFOs and so on. And that is, that is very close and very much in line with what we've kind of been going over, you know, so far. That we have, there's the objective universe, which is dimensions one through four. Pay attention. Of, of physical phenomena, which is matter, antimatter, and energy. Then there is an individual subjective universe, which is an external interpretation and projection of personal creativity upon that uh, perception of the objective universe. And then there is this thing called a CSU, or a collective subjective universe, that is one or a number of individual subjective universes that are combined and asserted to be reality, but this is a composite reality that is, it represents itself as being here, this is the objective universe, kids, and understand it and believe it. You know, my name is Albert Einstein, and this is the objective universe, and you just simply have to buy this and regurgitate it. Well, no, you're actually, you're not seeing the objective universe. You're seeing a CSU. You're seeing a collective 
and in many cases, a, a, an endorsed, you know, whether it's by academia or by science, you're seeing an endorsed subjective universe projection. And this is reality, in quotes, you know, that most people think is reality, but is actually a combination of subjective creation and uh, a certain, mixed in with a certain amount of detection of the objective universe. Now, I know that gets complicated, so I had to listen to that thing probably 10 times and listen to the whole series, listen to all of the information and all of the discussion this guy was having. So he's a Satanist, so you know that he is involved in deception because that's part of the game. What he's trying to explain to you is that there is a collective, subjective universe that is created by our news media, that is created by MK Ultra. That is created by conditioning the American public through education, through imagery, things that you take as reality because that is what has been shown to you on your screens. I said it before. I really got hip and really got uh, became conscious of what was happening because I recognized something going on on CNN. And this is years ago. I was watching uh, the Affordable Care Act. There was uh, on C-SPAN. They had a panel talking about the Affordable Care Act, and I had to pay attention to this. So not only did I pay attention to it, I, re- I watched it, I went back, I went forth, I listened very intently, made notes. I had a whole five, six, eight, ten pages of notes that I had because uh, I wanted to understand the ACA. I understood exactly what the panel was saying, and then later on that night, I watched CNN, I watched a host and three panel experts, experts, mind you, telling me the exact opposite of what I just listened to. And then I realized that it was deception going on. And I've been following it. uh, I've been following it very closely ever since, but fanatically for the course of the last four, five, six years. I mean, fanatically. It's it's consuming when you realize that everything that you believed in, and I mean, it's across the board. He's telling you that they, you have the objective truth. This is physical and matter. If this is a glass, this is glass. This, you, you can, you can, verify it then you have the individual subjective this is like your opinion this is where you think you know something but you might not know something it's perspective what the media and what the press what mk ultra and what these psychological operations these psyops are doing to you is they are creating the reality on your television screens and it becomes collectively subjective it means that you think you have an opinion because that opinion has been crafted for you collectively so we all begin to think things that we just regurgitate Uh, we'll get back into the discussion next week Uh, don't forget to join me every sunday from six to eight if you want to get the podcast we're going to follow up on this story that i'm talking about now Uh, that is on monday night 11 o'clock eastern join me if you will i'd love to have you there enjoy the weekend everybody thanks for listening we'll see you next sunday at six o'clock on the rob carter show This is SR1.